Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits and make sure that your child travels well and sleeps well while traveling or while anywhere outside of your home. Because the number one question I get this time of year is how to ensure your child can sleep well maybe at grandma's house when you go visit family, or maybe in Disney World, which hint, hint, wink, wink is an upcoming episode, all different places that we want to ensure your baby, your child, your kids sleep well while on vacation. And so this is a special podcast today because the front half, I'm going to share with you guys my best strategies and giving you a lot of grace and understanding around traveling with your child. But we're also going to end this episode with talking to Kate. Katie Mallory of SlumberPod. She and her mother, Lou, are the founders of SlumberPod. And I sat down with Katie and asked her all of your questions. I took to Instagram last week and said, hey, I'm talking to SlumberPod. What do you want to know? We went through all of your questions. And she even gives me some updates on what the new SlumberPod, the new and improved SlumberPod is going to be like for you guys. So that's going to be fun to listen to. But first, I have to say that we understand here at Little Z's, that when you resolve your child's sleep, we have to make sure that they are not just sleeping well at home, that they will sleep well on the road. And so I actually talk with all of my families at the very end of our one-on-one time together about the future. And inevitably, they always want to know, okay, Becca, now how can I make sure that this sticks? Like when we go away, what can I do? So I'll give a couple examples. For one, I talked with a mom this morning and she has a four and a half month old and next week she's going back to work and her mother-in-law will watch the baby three days a week at her home. And how can we ensure that at mother-in-law's home, she's going to have the right setup and the right space? So I told her, well, first of all, we're going to copy and paste your room that you've got set up for your daughter at her house. So let's get a pack and play. Let's make sure it's in a dark cool room. Let's make sure she does the nap time routine, all of these things. And that sounds very simple. And I know you want like the secret sauce behind getting your child to sleep at mother-in-law's house or at the, you know, babysitter's house, wherever you are. But guys, it really does come down to having the environment set up. And then of course, the expectations that your child will get into the pack and play or get into their cot and know how to sleep by themselves. So in times like that, where it's maybe throughout the week or maybe it's a a special occasion, you're going to grandma's house. I want to make sure that they have the right environment set up for your child to sleep. The other thing I asked this mom, I said, hey, by the way, is your mother-in-law all good and all clear on the fact that you know what? Baby might cry for a few minutes because you know I have a podcast all about the enemies of sleep training. I think it's like episode 22 or something. I want you guys to know that this is very normal for grandparents to not really enjoy wanting to put baby down in the pack and play, but we are creating a space for the child to sleep well so that mother-in-law can have the easiest time in the world putting her grandchild down and then have a break. So if you're talking about getting your child to sleep at a grandparent's house, I want you to have a heart to heart with them about how to put your child down for a nap and to make sure that they do that. And then they can copy and paste the environment you have at home into this new environment for your child. And yeah, sometimes that means we can get a slumber pod and set it up at grandma and grandpa's house so that we can have a dark space without having to install blackout curtains or easy blackout covers, which I will link in the show notes if you want to grab those. But we could set up the slumber pod that is able to give you a complete blackout without having to completely redecorate the room. 
So love the slumber pod for situations like going to grandma's house. Well, what about an older child who is going to grandma's house? Here's a question that came in from Instagram. She wanted to know if it's okay if her child sleeps with grandma and grandpa because that's what they've always done after they did toddler sleepy coaching. And my reply to that was, at this age, it may be a little confusing. If your child is going to grandma and grandpa's house and they're older and they're maybe in a crib or even in an open bed, but they're two years and above, really even 18 months and above, it can get really confusing for the child to think, okay, so I have one set of rules at my house and another set of rules at grandma and grandpa's house, but why can't I have them at my house too? And so I have seen it kind of turn the tables on some instances where the child then starts to expect the fact that they could get in bed with mom and dad when they're at home. So I would do one of two things. I would just tell grandma and grandpa that you have worked really hard to teach your child how to sleep. And now that they're going to spend some time at their house, would they be able to maybe set up a pallet on the floor in their room if they're not going to set up their own room? Or would they be able to set up a pack and play or a blow up mattress in their room so that's not in their bed? I have to tell you that uh, honestly, so many of the toddler and the preschooler families that I work with, they get to the point where maybe out of survival mode, they have to sleep with the kid. And they're like, this is not even like I slept terribly because the kid is moving all over the place because they're in charge of their own sleep. So I would really put it to grandma and grandpa if you have a kid who could sleep with them and let them know that you really want them to sleep well. And the best way to ensure that everyone is well rested when your child is sleeping over with grandma and grandpa is to set up their own sleeping space. It can be in their same room whether in the slumber pod or on a pallet on the floor or a blow up mattress or a pack and play or something, but it would be nice to have their own space so that your child isn't getting confused and so that everybody can sleep well, right? So that would be really awesome. Now, that's going over to grandma and grandpa's house. What about traveling in a hotel? So traveling in a hotel is absolutely when sometimes you throw out the rule book because you're going to all be sleeping in the same space. Now, it's been a while. It's been almost a year since we have done the hotel stay with our girls. And now they would actually be in the same bed, which... Whew, that's going to happen sometime this summer. I know it and I will give you a full report on. But the best advice I can give you when you're traveling in a hotel with older children is to talk to them about what to expect. So share with them how you are going to be sleeping here and they are going to be sleeping there. And look, it's all in the same room. We're all going to be super close. Isn't that so crazy? And if you are able to get some type of suite that maybe has a half wall, then yes, you could go sit on the couch or they could camp out and have the pullout couch and you can go on the other side and you could have maybe a split room position. But I want to give you just the understanding and the freedom to know that your child is probably not going to fall asleep on time. That's just not going to happen in a hotel room. So I want to give you the full confidence. If you have an older kiddo who is maybe not in the slumber pod or you don't want the slumber pod and they're going to sleep in a bed, maybe with their sibling, it's just going to be a little while. So just embrace it. Maybe watch a family movie, maybe have some uh, a late bedtime and go for a walk or something to just kind of shake off the stress that you might be feeling and just embrace the fact that tonight is going to have a little bit less sleep. Now, if you do have a kiddo who's in a crib, 
like a baby in a hotel room, or even a child who, yes, is a preschooler and can be on a travel cot, then I would suggest the Slumber Pod a hundred percent because it's so nice to be able to have this dark space for your child while you can still have the light on and they won't know. So a hundred percent would recommend the Slumber Pod for a hotel stay. No matter what though, hotel stays are going to be a little iffy. So many of the families who've completed our e-coaching they know that their kid is just because of their who they are and their personality, they're going to have a little bit of a harder time in a new place. And then some families, they just know it's going to be fine because my kid is just go with the flow. Yes, I do think a lot of this has to do with personality. But at the foundational level, if your child understands that they sleep independently without anybody else, then it's going to be just fine. All right. I want you to check out last week's blog post. If you go to littlezsleep.com slash blog and search for the stuffed animals, um, I recently did a blog post about how to introduce a stuffed animal to your child. And if you have a one year and older, this is when we want to bring the stuffed animals and the comfort items and the blankets, because absolutely it would be great to bring those comfort items from home. All right. So no matter if you're going to grandma and grandpa's house or you're going to a hotel room and don't worry, we'll cover more vacation stuff as the summer approaches. I just want you to know that the slumber pod is actually your solution. And I want you to hear straight from Katie more about your questions on the slumber pod and how it can be a lifesaver for your sleep. So I think really the first question I would get into that a lot of, I think my older clients um, under three that are still in the pack and play are wondering how to even introduce it to a toddler. So I'd love to know like how you introduced it to your kids and how would you recommend introducing it to a child who is a little bit more aware of the fact that they're in a tent? Sure. So certainly different age groups are going to be more adaptable and flexible than others, but we have found that around that 18 month or two year old mark that you can have some reluctancy to sleep in a new space. And that could be at grandma's house or inside a slumber pod. Um, But the good news is we've had clients have a lot of luck with setting their slumber pod up in the living room and using it for a little bit of playtime. So you you could read some books inside with a nightlight or um, set up a pallet in there and snuggle a little bit. So that's helped create some comfort. And then also if it's an option, having your child sleep in it at home at night in their pack and play for a few days before you go on your trip. And that way you can have the main window slightly open if you wanted to, if they didn't want to zip it all the way. And then over the subsequent nights, zip it more and more until your child is the most comfortable. Oh, I like that. I really like, uh, yeah, having like a, like almost a camp out in the living room. That would be mm-hmm. super fun. And somebody did mention on the questions, they said, uh, if you set it up for like a fun way, like in like pretend camping in the living room, how do you then say this is for sleep? But my response back would be, well, your child should obviously know that we're going to bed for the bedtime. And it's, you're, it's not a confusion of conflicting interest of, no, this is for play. No, this is now for sleep. I think you're just setting it up in a conf- confident and comfortable way for them. Yes, I think it's exactly about that. It's about comfort level. Like when I go inside here, nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. And then could you, uh, I know obviously you could if you wanted to, but um, you, you mentioned kind of slowly zipping it up. I've talked to my clients about, you know, if you do have that older child, um, having it even, you know, not zipping it up all the way when maybe they go to bed and then when they go to bed, zipping it up all the way too. Yeah. Yes. It's also a great fit. And 
I had one of my twins for a little while got to where she didn't want it all the way zip. She wanted it a little bit open and I would do exactly that. Once she fell asleep, I would zip it all the way up and she didn't know anything different. So still slept until 730 AM with it all the way zipped up. So it's not like they wake up in the night and they go, Hey, how come you zipped it up? Cause it's dark anyways. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, a quick question about that. I was just thinking, is the zipper only accessed on the outside? That's right. And okay. it's a double headed zipper, which allows you to have it as zipped or unzipped as you're comfortable or as your child is comfortable. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Well, that kind of segues into the next question. People were asking about the like ventilation and breathability saying that, is it, go, you know, not having experience with it, wondering, is there a big temperature difference or maybe not even big, but is there a slight temperature difference that maybe we need to have less blankets or less uh, PJs, things like that? Sure. So we found that it gets one or two degrees warmer inside the pod than the room that it's set up in. But one tricky thing is that the sensors on baby monitors do get a little confused by being inside that pouch. So it can say on the monitor that it is eight to 10 degrees warmer when that's not actually the case. Um, so a touch warmer inside, but not tremendously. So you may want to reduce a layer or use a muslin sleep sack and Instead of a fleece one, um, but you shouldn't see a tremendous difference. I'm so glad you said that because I've never, I was like nodding my head and you said it because I've never met a monitor that told the truth ever as far as temperature, you know? So, and that's a good point. And some, a lot of people were asking about, can you use a monitor with the pod? But there is, there's that. And I'll put a link in the show notes to it, but there's the, uh, the, the little window, right? You can put the there's a little clear vinyl pouch that you can position a monitor in. And FYI, when we get new stock in, in actually just a couple of weeks, we've improved the monitor pouch. So it's higher towards the top of the tent near the apex. So you get more of a bird's eye view and it's also a little bit bigger, which allows for some of those cameras that are larger. Okay. Yeah. Somebody asked about that. They said, is it compatible with all video monitors? So that's good to know. Um, let's talk for a second about ventilation. Cause I know that that has been a hot topic for people who haven't been able to touch and feel the pod themselves. So our pod is made out of a polyester and spandex blend that is breathable. So if you were to put your mouth to it, you would be able to feel that the fabric breathes. And then we have four ventilation panels that are made out of mesh that you can open up as well. And that's another enhancement with our upcoming release is that we're going to have the panels so that you can just have them cracked open a little bit if you'd like versus all the way closed or all the way open. And as we talk about ventilation, I always want to underscore that SlumberPod was designed for children's, with children's safety in mind. So not only did we do all of the mandatory consumer product safety tests, we actually went above and beyond and hired an independent third-party lab to do a test for CO2 rebreathing. And um, with that test, um, the doctor, like a independent third party um, doctor that this lab hired indicated that there was a low hazard for CO2 rebreathing, that the dissipation rate of CO2 within the pod was such that they were not concerned. That's awesome. And, I, and we talked about this on the former podcast that, you know, obviously if you have a really young baby, then you give guidelines about the ventilation and things. So I love that you, exactly. you have that in mind too. I mean, you would, you would, you would and should want to keep your eyes on a really tiny baby, not to mention they're not really disturbed by um, light that much anyway in their first right. few months. So our sweet spot is definitely after a baby hits that three or four month mark. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, all right, we know that it's, it's breathable. We know it has good ventilation. Obviously you're upgrading things. So it has even better for the monitors. What about using it for camping? 
Sure. Um, so slumber pod is breathable, but it does not have an air conditioning unit inside. <laughs> so we recommend and, and our safety testing also um, aligns with this, that it's used in a ventilated room. Um, Cause you would imagine that if you're in a stuffy room, it's mm -hmm. not going to feel very comfortable. Um, so if you're in a camper, that's one thing, but we, um, we do have on all of our labeling recommend that it's used in a, in a well-ventilated space. Okay, so when you take the pod to hotels or different places that maybe have different sized portable cribs, so sometimes, uh, you know, hotel cribs being different sizes, does the slumber pod fit pretty much standard hotel cribs or full-sized cribs? Is it only for pack and plays? Sure, we fit almost all standard pack and plays, and we have a list in the FAQs on our website. Um, we also do fit European pack and plays or travel cots. It's a snugger fit, but they do fit. We also have found, I think pretty much all mini cribs we're compatible with as well. For full size cribs, that's where it gets a little more dicey. The ones that are the smallest minimalist footprints, such as the basic, basic Ikea crib will fit in there, but it's going to be more snug. Yes. I wouldn't think any of the traditional ones with the super tall backs and things like that. Yes, that are pretty, yeah, exactly that's pretty right. big. What about a twin pack and play? So we do not have one right now for a twin pack and play because that's a lot bigger. Um, but I can say from having twins that my twins were fine being next to each other in separate slumber pods. I think they still felt each other's presence and could talk to each other a little bit as they were falling asleep. So it, it wasn't a concern at all that they, they weren't together. Yeah, I love your pictures that you'll share every now and then on um, Instagram with the two, the twin slumber pods side by side. Yes, I love that. That's awesome. Um, okay, so the last couple of things that people were asking about is, you know, you can obviously still use your white noise because the slumber pod doesn't muffle the sound, correct? That's right. It, it does reduce sound slightly, but it's not a sound barrier. So you could put your sound machine right outside the pod or slip it underneath because it doesn't have a bottom. Gotcha. And then the final thing that really digging into would be um, age expectations as they grow. And I know that you've talked about it does fit the Regalo travel cot for toddlers. Um, it, it, would you see any type of like age cutoff for the slumber pod? You know, my almost six-year-old has slept on her regular my cot inside her pod, like even in the last six months. So as soon as your kid is too big for a cot or a homemade pallet, then they'd be too big. But if you made a little homemade bed, you know, with sleeping bags and other things, even a five or six-year-old should have plenty of room in there. Yes. Actually, a couple of people asked me if you were going to make an adult-sized one, and I'd be all for that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I'm glad you brought up about age because there are some more affordable products on the market that do a similar but not exactly the same, um, or they, they fit a similar need but not exactly the same, but one of them doesn't have any structure to it. So as soon as you take the fabric off of the play yard or mini crib, it's going to be a puddle of fabric on the floor where we have this aluminum pole structure as part of the slumber pod. So you can use it with travel cots, a few inflatable mattresses um, with a homemade bed pallet. So you're talking about the difference between, you know, six or eight months worth of use versus several years worth of use. Is that the snooze shade? Somebody asked about that. It is. It is the snooze shade. I'm sure that that's a um, lovely product and, and works really well, but it, it's not as dark inside. Right. And 
um, a baby can't stand up inside. So as soon as a baby feels like they want to um, stretch their legs a little bit, move around, then they're going to be right at the top of that thing. And that's what's so great about this lumber pot is you can use it for, for yeah, until six because they can stand up. So that's a really good point. Is there anything else, any other like FAQs that you can think of, especially for travel, summer travels, things like that? That's actually all of my questions. Yes. Um, so as it relates to travel, we also get questions about how portable is slumber pod. So even though it is, I think, 50 inches tall when assembled, it gets down to 17 and a half by five by six inches. Wow. So it's incredibly compact, um, so much so that it fits in your carry-on luggage with plenty of room to spare. That is awesome. How much does it weigh? It weighs a little under six pounds. Oh, nice. And we even know people who've put it in their car seat travel bag, just in the seat, yeah. or have put it inside the pack and play, because some of the pack and play carrying cases have a little room in there too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. One thing that could be interesting to add is that while a lot of our posts talk about room sharing and how that's an ideal use for slumber pod, there are a lot of instances where your baby may have their own room while you're traveling, but the conditions are not the same as the child is used to at home. Perhaps there are no window treatments or the blinds still let in a lot of light. So your child still may wake up at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning and expect you to wake up too. So you know, whether you're sharing a room or not, slumber pod can be a great thing to bring along on the trip to make sure that your baby has that dark and private sleeping space, just like they do at home. Yes. I think that's important because yeah, it's, it's great for room sharing, but it's also great. Yes. If you don't have, you know, 25 blackout curtains to bring because the room has 20 windows that you weren't expecting, right? Something, which is a just situation that I've been in personally and it was terrible. So no, I completely agree with you on that. And then I've also recommended slumber pod for, families, especially I had a couple families in like Brooklyn who had a one bedroom, um, how a home, um, apartment and needed to have a separate space for baby and the slumber pod is the solution. So, you know, room sharing on vacation or room sharing just period, you know, with your kid. Exactly. And my nephew who is turning one really soon or just turned one, he shares a room with his older brother and he sleeps in his every night. Yes. And that also reminds me that sometimes family comes to visit you and they need to take the baby's bedroom. So then all of a sudden you have a visitor in your master bedroom that you're not used to and they're not used to you being with them either. So that's yeah. another great case. I have, a I have a fun question maybe for your listeners. Oh, yeah. If we were to add another color, what should we do? Oh, so we have that's... the main tent body or the main fabric. Um, and then we've got the pole sleeves that are different fabrics. So it could all be the same color or we could do the pod body one color and then the sleeves another color. Katie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast to answer our audience's questions. And I am eager to know what colors you would recommend too. Now you can order your own slumber pod with code little Z sleep 10 to save $10 and head on over to our website. Just scroll down and the link in the show notes and share with us in the comments. What color would you like to see as the next slumber pod? I'm going to vote dark blue with white stars. <laughs> It's just my personal preference. Duh. Well, you guys, I'm so thankful you joined me here on the podcast this week. I hope you have wonderful travels and a great weekend. Sweet dreams. See you next time.